0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. My name is Jesse Fritz, and I am the podcast host over here on Chronically Healing. Thank you so much for stopping by. If you are a new listener, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And if you are a current listener, thank you so, so much for coming back. Today's episode will not disappoint. In today's episode, we talked to Amber Romaniak, who is amazing. I had such a great conversation with her. You guys, I can't wait for you to listen in. I'm going to read a little blurb about her and then tell you a little bit more about the episode. Amber is an emotional eating, digestive, and hormone expert who helps professional women achieve optimal health through mindful eating, self-care, and overcoming self-sabotage with food. Amber overcame her own emotional eating after gaining and losing more than a thousand pounds and spending over $50,000 on binge foods and spending five years balancing her hormones and digestion. Now she helps others achieve body freedom so that they have the confidence and health to create amazing lives. So in today's episode, we talk about so many different things. We talk about societal um, pressures on women and their bodies. We talk about the connection with dieting and chronic illness and hormone imbalances, and you know, incorporating self love and self care into your life every single day. Amber gives us so much insight into the emotional eating space, and I know that y'all. If you're listening, you've probably dealt with some sort of emotional eating in your past and or you've dealt with just societal pressures of that women have about dieting and overcoming weight gain and things like that, which... For me personally, this was a very, I don't want to say triggering episode because it wasn't, it was very positive, but I personally deal with a lot of body image issues. With my Hashimoto's, I gain and lose weight like nobody's business. And um, I haven't fully figured that out yet with any practitioner that I've worked with. So a lot of what she was talking about with emotional eating, with being triggered by elimination diets with chronic illness and all that kind of stuff really hit home for me. So We also go into a little bit in depth about our own stories with emotional eating and things like that. So I know that you guys will love this episode. So instead of me continuing to talk about it, why don't we jump right in and you can listen in and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Chronically Healing Podcast. Today we have Amber on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I'm super happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah, I'm so pumped to talk to you. We've actually chatted before, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. So we're a little, we're excited to talk about um, so many cool nuggets for all of you today. But do you want to start off and just tell everybody a little bit about you and who you are?
1: Yeah. So um, I have a background in emotional eating, digestive and hormone imbalances and really base my expertise around those things because of the journey that I have mm. gone through, um, which largely started from a very young age. And something that i am you know, that's really just that I've awoken to much more deeply, even over the last like eight to 12 weeks is okay. Well, you know, I, my first experience of, you know, questioning and becoming insecure with my body, I was five and it was my first day on the bus and the older boys called me fat and ugly. And and then everyone Mm. just started laughing at me. And that really, that really hit for me. It really hit hard. And I thought, well, if strangers think this of me, it it must be true. And so from there, you know, what was so fascinating is then as you grow up and you become like preteen and a teenager, you know, you're reading magazines, you're watching TV, music videos, the celebrities that you're looking at, movies, and you see the same mold that, mm. you know, society and the media wants you to fit into, which is like this perfect body, this flat stomach, right? Like, this is what beauty is. If you want to be loved, if you want to have success, if you want to be happy and, you know, get attention from men and all these things, like, this is who you need to be, essentially. And so it really, um, has blown my mind to, to this day of how much we women are conditioned to, from everything we see, watch here, mm-hmm. you know, um, to become in this mindset. Um, and then mold changes, right. Um, you know, it's like having the butt and then it's like having the boobs or it's having yeah. like the big lips or whatever it is. So, yeah. but it's just fascinating how all of the stuff that we consume with our eyes and our ears really, tells us, well, unless you fit this mold, you're not good enough. And so that's really how I felt growing up. I'm like, well, I need to get that flat stomach. I need to lose some weight, but I could never get there because I just love food. I didn't know that certain foods would, you know, make me inflamed or like do certain things. I had no idea about anything to do with how food impacts your health physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I dieted all through my teens to try to lose weight. And still again, wanted to look like this perfect Photoshopped bikini model in the magazine. And again, that's another thing. We don't realize how much is Photoshopped and altered and edited and there's no disclaimers. And so it's really hard for a lot of women to grow up feeling empowered and to have a healthy relationship with food because of all of this, or because of what your parents taught you, or if your parents put you on a diet, right? Luckily, mine never did that, but I know a lot of my clients who first come to me, go, my mom." told me, you know, time and time again, when I was younger, that I was fat or that I needed to lose weight. And I think that's one of the most sad things that, you know, we could tell our child because it really feels this um, unhealthy behavior with food and body image from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, where my food addiction really got bad was in my early twenties. Um, I went through a breakup and I got really, I was really just obviously very upset about it because again, I felt like love in order to be loved. It's from other people. I didn't know how to love myself. Right. And so I started to really restrict with food and, um, exercising two hours a day and lost weight really quickly, reached my quote unquote goal weight, Mm -hmm. you know, really quickly. And I thought, okay, I have this body. However, maybe I'm getting more attention from men, but it's all in the wrong way. I'm more arrogant. I'm more judgmental and critical of myself and other people. My cycle's disappearing because I'm not, I don't have enough body fat. My hormones are depleting because I'm not eating enough and exercising too much. And it didn't fill the void, of course, because it's external. But it's so fascinating how if you ever think you achieve that goal weight and then that's going to be it, mm-hmm. it doesn't do wh- what you think it's going to at all. Yeah mm-hmm at all yeah.
0: like just to jump in quick the that all of this resonates so much with we, me I know we've talked about it a little bit but like just the like I got to the point where I had gained so much weight from my Hashimoto's and then I lost it all and I did get this like very strong um body and I looked beautiful but the thing is at the that time, I still hated my body. And I would mm. kind of like you mentioned, foods, certain foods were still inflaming me. So I still would get that like big, um, like bloated belly, and mm. all of these different things would pop up for me. So I was constantly critiquing my body. And now that I've regained weight again due to who knows what this time, but um, I like, I look back at my photos of me then and I'm like, oh my gosh. I like, I should have been so happy with this body, but it's true. Like once you, it's like, you just can never reach this perfect that is kind of put out in the world by yourself, by other people, by society. It's just insane.
1: It is. And the sad thing is that it's really, I feel done to disempower women and make them feel desperate and hate their bodies so that they're in that desperate energy going and buying all these quick fixes and, you know, yeah. investing in all these quick fix programs and diets and, you know, diet supplements that don't work. They don't address the root cause, which is we have to undo the programming that has been instilled on us and create a new mindset and new habits and, and really want to make peace with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's something that I really discovered is, you know, after I reached my goal weight and then I was like, this is too hard to maintain. I'm you know, I want to eat what I want to eat and, but it's like a switch flipped and I went way the other way. And that's when the binge eating got really bad and, you know, eating, you know, a pint of ice cream and a bag of chips and chocolate bars and, you know, multiple items, um, you know, multiple nights a week and then just watching a movie and numbing out and wishing I was in the movie. And the irony of it is now is, you know, looking back, it's like, that's not reality. Like yeah, a, a lot of these movies are, you know, it's, it's just so, fascinating how I wish I was in that reality and it's, you know, because you're not happy. Right. And so again, you're looking to find that happiness outside of you. Um, and so for me, you know, my digestion got so bad after that binge cycle started bloated, just horrible bloating and horrible pain. Like after, you know, a few consecutive days of binging, like it would take me a few weeks to really have that inflammation, leave my body. Um, And so for me, then all of a sudden I gained 50 or 60 pounds and was the heaviest that I had ever been. And that was just so embarrassing. And I was so ashamed because I just thought now I'm the heaviest. I don't want to go out and see my friends. I don't want anyone to see what I've done. Mm -hmm. I feel horrible physically. I hate my job. Like I don't want to date. I don't feel good about any of this. And so it really was, A very dark time for me. And I just isolated at home and ate and, you know, watched movies and then just went to my job, which was in retail. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And really for me, my low point was after about a year of this binging. And I did go through, you know, about a six month period of binging or purging while I was gaining weight. Cause I thought if I can gain control and, you know, do this and have it not, and then not gain the weight but it didn't do anything. And it was just hurting my body even more. It's such a violent act. And luckily I was able to stop that. And then my really low point was, you know, I was sitting on the couch thinking about all I had done to my body over the last year, year and a half and how much I put her through. And I was just really scared. And, you know, I was just getting ready to turn 22. And I'm thinking to myself, if I keep hurting my body this way, if I keep you know, binging and, and hating my body. I don't know if I'll make 30. Like I really mm. look at, like I'm physically, my health is not good at all because of this behavior, this want to get back to that, you know, lower weight and, you know, just wanting to eat to numb my feelings. And so I'd finished the binge, I'd thrown the food in the garbage. And, you know, a couple hours later, once the food settled, I thought, okay, well, if this, you know, I really need to change this. And so if this is the last day I'm going to do this, you know, then I'm, I'm going to eat more because I, I'm, that's that, right. That all or nothing mindset really took over. And so I went into my kitchen and dug through the garbage and I ate the cookies. And then I just sat on the floor and like, was just crying and thinking, I just ate out of a garbage can. Like, Mm. who am I? Why is this happening to me? Why am I essentially being put through hell like I don't understand why this is going on for me it was really hard to accept that any of it was for any good at the time when you're so deep in it and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel but that was also a wake-up call for me because I thought I'm not this person I like eating out of a garbage is not who I want to be I don't want to keep feeling this shame. I don't want to keep suffering. And so the fear of the unknown was really blocking me from wanting to try to change it. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Who would I I be without food? Right. What if I fail? Mm -hmm. So fear kept blocking me. However, it was that night where the suffering became bigger than the fear. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm scared. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I can't keep suffering this way because I want to be here for a long time and I want to have a great life. So here I am like with the Amazon jungle in front of me, no trail, nothing. I just have to start finding my way. And that's how I, it, that's what seemed ahead of me at the time to describe like, you know, the capa- like just how big it felt to embark yeah. on this journey. Right. And that's what it feels like for people when they're deciding I can't quick fix anymore. The diets don't work. The weight obsession thing doesn't work. Yeah. I got to take a different approach, but holy crap, this is like going into the jungle, right? So um, that for me is where I really started to learn first about food. So it kind of started physically for me where I started to read about food, how refined sugar is so inflammatory, 10 times more addictive than cocaine, mm-hmm. how it's put in everything so that people can't stop eating it and it numbs your taste buds. So you need to keep adding more. It, it made me high. Like I had such an addiction to sugar. And then I start reading about like gluten mm. and you know the the protein in wheat and like casein the protein in dairy and that they excite the same part of the brain as heroin, yeah. and it blew my mind because it's like why can't I just eat one piece of cheese and no it's like then I eat one piece of cheese and I want to eat the whole block or like I'd eat a piece of bread and want to eat the whole loaf and that's what all evolved once I got into the food addiction and so it blew my mind that these foods have these properties. And I'm like, wow, I'm not crazy. Like there's nothing wrong with me. These foods have been designed to make me addicted. And so that blew my mind and, you know, starting to understand my digestion, the inflammation and how like these foods make me bloated and and contribute to that. So that was all really great because it helped me start to change the way that I ate. And I did cut out those three like kinds of foods and brought in alternatives um, but it was after I did that and that took dozens of attempts. So it's not like it was easy. Yeah. Um, and not everybody has to do that, but it's what I needed to do. But after I did that and I was still binging, I realized there was a an- there was another layer coming up, which was the emotional mental part, which mm-hmm. is so missed, right? You have to deal with your mindset first mm-hmm. because the reason I was behaving with food the way that I was, is because I hated my body. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't know how to love myself and I didn't know how to cope with stress or deal with feeling my emotions. And so I was eating to suppress all of that and to punish or to have some form of control, even though I felt completely out of control. Mm. Right. But it was those actions and behaviors that were causing all the physical symptoms. Right. Because it was so stressful what I was doing to my body. So then I was like, I need to figure out what's triggering me to emotionally eat. I need to figure out how to cope with my stressors in a healthy way. I need to figure out how to just sit and feel my emotions and not get so scared that I have to punish myself with food. And I want to learn how to love myself. And that's really when I embarked on like the second phase of the journey, which really was starting to write down my triggers as they happened, getting into a self-care routine, which included things like meditation, deep breathing, EFT tapping, visualization, more time in nature, you know, baths and, you know, really... Learning how to get grounded because the more peaceful I felt, the less I wanted to binge. And so that was huge. And and then I started to use those self care tools to help me cope with my triggers. And then that helped me feel my emotions and go, oh, wow, I feel worried right now and the world isn't ending. Wow. Because I really thought if I allowed myself to feel that like the world was going to like fall away around me nothing bad happened, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then as all of this evolved, that's where I was like, the self love piece came in. So I stopped trying different diets and eating styles because they were just making everything worse. I stopped focusing on the weight. I had to let that go. It was hard, but I just had to let that go and start to realize my worth is not my weight or how good I can be on a diet. It is within me. And that's where everything evolving to this point helped me love myself and also catching the negative self-talk, catching the body criticism and going to them positive self-talk and and again, using my tools. I dedicated a lot of time to self-care. I wasn't going out, being a social, because for me, it was important to take this time for myself to really grow and heal. Mm -hmm. And that was vital. And so that really helped me to stop binging, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really helped me discover, you know, for those who believe in intuition and that gut feeling and all of that, which I really do, help me discover that intuition piece that like, I feel stuff, I can kind of like see some stuff that's going to happen. Um, and what I discovered is women are very intuitive. We are very intuitive. Like that trust that gut saying, like that's huge for us. And we lack trust within ourselves because we're fighting with our bodies and we're disconnected. And so I learned how to trust that again. And it was so powerful because it really helped me to realize, you know, that, manifestation is real your thoughts create your future your cells are listening to the thought your thoughts and that impacts your health and going on that whole other part of that spiritual journey was incredible but it's like cool how it happened in layers i had to deal with the physical first and then the emotional mental and then that part came and that's what really inspired me to go if i struggled with this how many other women i know men struggle too but how many women are struggling with this and the status about 90 percent of the female population just in north america alone um, not, you know, then adding in, you know, Europe and all the other countries. Um, and so that's what inspired me to want to specialize in, you know, binge eating, emotional eating, food addiction, body image, you know, weight struggles and not from like, okay, now you need to lose weight, but like, let's get curious. Why is your body hanging on to protection? That's the shift of focus I like to take with people. And, and the digestive and hormone piece, because it took me five years to really balance that stuff after I threw it so out of whack from the food addiction. And, you know, then here we are seven years later that I've had my business and coached, you know, almost a thousand women to this food and body freedom. And it's, it's everything. And now I see why I went through it and why I had to go through in the depth of suffering that I did to really understand it. And still to this day, you know, I'm not, I don't emotionally eat and I'm not not worried about ever going back, but I'm still more deeply learning about myself and Mm -hmm. on all these different physical, emotional, spiritual levels. And it's beautiful because the more I learn, then the the greater service I can provide to my clients and their transformation. And it's incredible to see women take their power back Mm -hmm. and really learn how to love and respect their bodies because then they're awake and then they, they can disconnect from that old conditioning and really decide for themselves, you know, do I want to, you know, decide that I'm beautiful no matter what, instead of, you know, society telling me what is and, and, you know, being, feeling almost like you're, you're just never going to get there. Right. Which isn't true.
0: Mm -hmm. I feel like Everyone listening is probably, I've just been nodding the whole time. I feel like everyone is doing the same. Um, I've heard similar stories um, from so many mm-hmm. women in my yeah. life, like outside of chronic illness, just in mm-hmm. life as a woman, I've dealt with it and am still dealing with it. Like I mentioned before, I'm, I'm at the highest weight I've ever been and the body image um, issues that I thought I had worked through mm-hmm. came right back flaring up with everything. And so like for someone that's listening right now and is like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is me. I I do hate my body, mm-hmm. but I don't even know what do I do? Like, how do yeah. I change it? And I mean, it's obviously very multifaceted <laughs> and yeah. like very specific, but like, What even, what even does someone do to get started on this?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I think part of it, there's a few different answers to that. So number one is, you know, and pertaining back to you mentioning you're the highest weight again, and the, you know, the body image stuff has come back up. If we haven't fully dealt with the body image stuff, it will come back up so that we can fully address it, deal with it and heal it. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we see weight as our, as a punishment, as our body trying to get back at us. And that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. Our bodies love us unconditionally. It's Mm -hmm. that we get this mental conditioning that teaches us to judge our bodies, fight with our bodies, hate our bodies unless they look a certain way. Mm -hmm. and that's what then fuels, you know, the restriction in the diets and the over-exercise and then fuels the binging because you can't keep perfect on the diet, and then that stresses out the hormones and the digestion and makes your body not feel safe and want to put on the protection. So first of all, it's to start looking at what are you reading and watching and what kind of information are you absorbing that continues to make you feel worse about yourself, judge yourself more, compare yourself to others and I would encourage you that whatever that, you know, is that you're reading, watching, whoever you're following on social media, start on following, do a tech detox, because if it's triggering you to go on social media and then you're going and binging or you're then wanting to restrict, that's not healthy behavior and it's not your fault. However, you have to be aware of what's making you react and then go into need negative behavior. So I think that that's important. Diet books, mm-hmm. you know, certain Newsletters that you're subscribed to, whatever triggers you into, you know that I think is just so important to, to unfollow and unsubscribe from, and donate those books, and to start you to start to get you out of a diet mentality, and to start to get you out of the, the image comparison. Um, I think then it's also important that we start to understand our self talk. Mm. So are you constantly putting your body down? What kinds of things are you constantly saying to yourself? And you have to remember anything negative that we say is a stressor. Mm. So then we go into fight or flight mode, which is a stress response that the body produces. We're only really supposed to have that response when there's like a bear around us or like an actual threat. Yeah. But because of the like drama that we've created within ourselves, me versus my body, my body's out to get me, which again is not true. We create this, you know, battle and this stress response. And then because people are in negative self-talk all day or most of the day, that's the ego. I call it the self-sabotaging mindset is the ego. We all have one. However, you know, the key is to start being aware of how much it's happening and to start catching it. Mm-hmm. So when you say something negative, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. I've just said that to myself. Can you actually apologize to yourself for saying that and go, I'm sorry. Like I'm just new to this. And have compassion for yourself. Cause you don't know what you don't know. It's like what I didn't know, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go, can I compliment myself mm. or can I understand what triggered me to say that about myself? Right. I don't like my body or whatever it is. So I think that self-talk is important to start understanding. Okay. And then the other piece of this is, you know, if you are struggling with emotional eating, it's to start to understand, can you Do you know what any of your triggers are? Do you notice when you're tired, then you you go into an I don't care mentality and that makes you want to eat whatever you want? Mm. Do you start a diet and then you fail and then you go, screw it. What's the point? I messed up. So I'm going to eat whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Starting to understand, you know, what triggers you and that, that all or nothing diet mentality is a huge trigger. I think it just starts to open up your eyes to the fact that diets don't work. They never will the diet culture has been created to fuel this, you know, mold and this negative self-talk and body image. And the diet culture actually can make women really physically unwell and emotionally unwell because you're constantly in a state of restriction and then going the other way and going into that, you know, emotional eating mentality. It's very stressful on the body, on the hormones, the digestion, the blood sugar, it fuels your cravings. Mm -hmm. And of course, then it makes you more emotionally fight with your body through the negative self-talk and that can create all sorts of health issues. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why it's so important to start understanding the way that you're talking to yourself, what kind of information are you consuming regularly that just makes you feel worse about yourself Mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, how am I behaving with food? Mm -hmm. Um, one other part of that is, you know, the fact that we've been taught don't feel your feelings you're weak if you feel your feelings um just get really busy hustle like all this bs like hustling is one of the most you know horrible things we can do for our health it causes adrenal fatigue it makes your digestion more sensitive it fuels you know negative behavior because we're human beings like we are not robots we are not meant to be go go going not sleeping surviving off caffeine and sugar um we're not meant to do that we are part of nature and nature needs nurturing nature needs us to you know feed and water ourselves with good food and and hydration and sleep and you know say nice things to ourselves like if you stop watering a plant it dies yeah (laughs) think of all you know not drinking enough water or you know surviving off of things that don't nourish your body like why would your body stay fully working perfectly for you if you're treating her like a garbage dump or just not taking her care of her. And I know, yeah, in the beginning, you don't necessarily know how to take care of her, but it's to really look at what happens to nature if we, if it's not taken care of. Mm-hmm. So why do we expect anything different with our own bodies? Right. So that, so our schedule is really important to start looking at. And why are you overbooking yourself? Because a lot of people do to distract themselves from feeling and, or dealing with this stuff. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is you're just going to end up declining and probably ending up with more emotional and mental and physical health issues because you're continually ignoring this beautiful vessel that you live in and the more you do the bigger the symptoms get because your body's trying to speak louder and go these things are going on I'm trying to get your attention I speak to you in symptoms are you going to listen mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's so powerful i think so i have a an interesting question so for example, with me, I'll just take my own story. Um, I definitely am triggered by diets. I have been dieting since my cheerleading coach told me that I needed to Mm -hmm. fit into my skirt better when I was like 15. Um, and you know, I started with like these stupid diets and it was weight watchers and it was this, and it was that, then it was whatever, Mm -hmm. um, like counting macros, all these things. But, and then I stopped doing that. Um, but then I didn't know how to eat because I had right. for 10 plus years been eating based on a diet and then I didn't know what to do. So that's kind of a question in and of itself. But then when I really started taking a look at my Hashimoto's and like diving into that, the first thing that my naturopath did was put me on a diet. Mm, so while it yeah. was... Supposed to help. It was it was coming off as like um, an elimination diet, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out what was actually causing inflammation. But it ended up triggering me so bad that I went yeah. into like binge eating and just like extreme body dysmorphia and all this stuff. But at the same time, I see I see how that's helpful. Um, but it's still, even for me now, whenever a practitioner is like, oh, you know, you should eat keto, you should eat this. Mm. I'm immediately like, no, 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 no. But then, but yeah, then, then I don't know even what to do. So I'm sure a lot of people listening are similar because I know that there's a lot of diets out there for chronic illness. So what do you
1: recommend for that? So this is the thing. So I would actually, and hopefully maybe even one day this will happen, A few thoughts. There's so much I want to say right now. Seriously, I wish I could share like eight voices at once. Okay. So a few things here. Number one, diets will never work. Mm -hmm. Um, First, we have to look at what made you manifest this chronic illness, illness, because I really don't believe it happens for no reason or because of just genetics. Mm -hmm. If you listen to someone like Dr. Bruce Lipton, who has a PhD and, and who talks about our cellular biology and how our cells are listening to our thoughts and our blood will change mm-hmm. based on whether we're thinking negative or positive thoughts. Yeah. And like this guy's legit, go check him out on YouTube. It's incredible. This is the kind of stuff we should be being taught in school rather than what's well, your genes. So you're going to just end up like your parents. So whatever yeah. happens that's so limiting and disempowering, mm-hmm. right? So and there's Bob Proctor, Louisa Hay, Wayne Dyer, like they all talk about this. Go check them all out. They're world thought leaders on this stuff, and it's awesome. But where I'm going with this is, we have to first understand why you're having the symptoms you are, and why you have been diagnosed with what you have, and it doesn't just come from nowhere. So the root causes of understanding are really important. Mm-hmm. So say you are actually really struggling, you know, really badly with binge eating. And over time that binge eating caused inflammation in your, in your digestive system. It caused food sensitivities. It, it caused bloating. It threw your gut flora off. And then all of a sudden your, now your cortisol levels are too high, which is your stress hormone. And if that's going on for too long, your, your adrenal glands get tired and they need to steal other hormones to convert into cortisol to keep you functioning. And then one of those hormones will be th- you know, thyroid hormone. And then we see underactive thyroids. Then we see the Hashimoto's start to come along. Your body starts to have an immune response. Mm-hmm. However, if a doctor then comes to you and just says, you need to go on this elimination diet to help you get the inflammation out of your body to help your Hashimoto's or to help your cortisol or your gut health or whatever it is, the big thing that's being missed is what's your relationship like with food? What's your relationship like with your body? Because if you're binge eating and you get put on something restrictive, you're only going to be able to do it for so long before you fail and go back to the binge eating, which is causing the issue in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and what's below the binge eating is I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. I'm insecure in my body, right? Because of whatever diet behavior or diet culture or whatever I inherited from my parents that they were saying about themselves, or maybe you got bullied, but there's some kind of incidents or things that have happened that have triggered this insecurity and this emotional relationship with food that then have you going back between the diets and the restriction and the binging and that accumulatively over time plus the negative self-talk and stress and overbook schedules our environment it all breaks down our body and then we end up with these physical symptoms because the body can only put up with so much for so long before it just spills over and you know has this impact on our physical health so a big miss in you know the Community of whether it's a naturopath or integrative medicine doctor or a doctor, and, um, is if they don't understand anything about an, you know relationship with food and and the vulnerability of emotional eating or binge eating and how restriction can fuel that for people, they're going to just expect you to get on this elimination diet and do well because they they don't have that understanding and awareness and that's not their fault they're not taught that
0: mm-hmm. right
1: um, so I think the key here is if you do have body image issues, or you do struggle with any form of emotional relationship with food, which is eating for any reason other than physical nourishment, Mm -hmm. you really have to deal with that first. Mm. You really do. You can, maybe there's certain foods you add more in of, and there's maybe some supplements that you can also take, but you have to learn how to cope with stress in a healthy way Self-care is important because otherwise what ends up happening is if, you know, you go and see someone, they just put you on a thousand dollars a month worth of supplements. You end up with really expensive pee and nothing changes, (laughs) right? I love that. Yeah. It's, -hmm. that's what ends up happening. So we have to address the mindset because it's, it's your thoughts and beliefs that are dictating your habits, the way you behave with food, the way you behave with exercise, the thoughts you're thinking about yourself you, the way you're behaving with your schedule and overbooking it, watching the news all the time, getting really stressed out. It starts up in our mind. So why would a diet ever resolve what's going on up here or like be able to resolve everything going on in our body? If it all started up here, I truly believe that I really believe mindset plays such a powerful role in everything. And the only time I ever get a physical symptom now is If something emotional is going on. So that's also what really leads me to be fascinated. And then I can via doing certain exercises, relieve myself of that symptom quite quickly because I shift my mindset. Mm -hmm. So it's taken me 10 years to get to that point. However, it's totally possible, but we need to open up to this is more than just physical and it's, we've got to also work on our mindset. So I hope that that helps answer the part of the question. And here's the other part back to the conditioning okay, and the diet culture, one of the biggest, scariest things that really started to concern me about things like Jenny Craig and Weight Watchers and one is when I started to see celebrities endorsing them. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that scared me so much is because these celebrities have a lot of influence, right? Like Oprah, for example, doing, what was it like Weight, weight, weight yeah, Watchers or Jenny workers, Craig? Yeah. yeah. So when I start to see her come on board to do this, I'm thinking, number one, I've lost complete respect and credibility for you because you are just being paid a bunch of money to, to try and make this company a bunch of money. And because people idolize you so much, they think whatever's Oprah is doing. Okay. If that worked for her, then it must work for me. Mm -hmm. So it's completely having that person disconnect from is this what really is going to work for me? Do I really think this is what I need? Or do I need to step away from diet culture and go and work on my mindset and take a different approach? But as soon as celebrities get involved, we're like, holy, yes, this is it. Like Oprah did it. It's going to work for me or curse. Yeah. But then the irony of it is they're constantly losing and gaining the weight over and over again. And you're like, okay, are they being paid to gain and lose weight to then come back and and continue to market this? So we see in a sense, like the corruption. And that it's just about money. Yeah. Because honestly, if this stuff worked, why are people constantly failing and failing and failing and having to go back to it over and over and over again? And yet their health is not improving. Yeah. They're they're not happier, right? 80% of women who go on diets in North America fail and gain 10 to 20% more weight back. Yep. (laughs) So why why is that what's being shoved down our throats? Because it's a huge multi-trillion dollar industry mm-hmm so here is a red flag observation if a celebrity is endorsing a diet product or a supplement stay a far, as far away from it as you can because it's so inauthentic yeah. it really is
0: yeah yeah I 100% agree with that it's just it's crazy to see even just the amount of different diets and like uh, what, what is like it you know there's like keto and then there's people that are like vegan that are eating all carb basically. Mm-hmm. And then there's this and there's and like, there's so many different things and it, you know, it can be overwhelming. I know that multiple times I've been like, okay, like my doctor's telling me that I need to try keto because mm-hmm. I need to be a uh, lower carb, but at right. the same time, I don't feel great when I eat a bunch of meat. So
1: yeah. <laughs> what do well, I do? here's the other thing about this. We go on a diet without understanding our current state of health, which means largely women are not first going and getting a full hormone, vitamin, mineral, inflammatory marker workup. They don't understand all their digestive issues and what imbalances they have. They don't understand their blood sugar, why they have cravings. They don't understand with my current health symptoms, complaints, or diagnoses, how would this diet impact that? Mm -hmm. So here's an example If someone has adrenal fatigue, so their cortisol is either way too high or way too low, eating a high-fat, high-protein diet will make that worse. Mm -hmm. Why? Because high amounts of fat and protein take a lot longer to break down, and we have to expend more energy in the body to break those down. Your energy is already significantly depleted when you have adrenal fatigue. So now all of a sudden, to break down all this food – you're depleting your body of more energy that she doesn't have Mm -hmm. and it exhausts you more and it will make the cortisol either way higher or way lower, depending on what spectrum it's on for you. Okay. Carbohydrates are very important. Yeah. There's carbs that aren't ideal and that you should limit like, you know, a baked good that's just full of white flour and white sugar. Like that's more to me of a mindful indulgence here or there. However, our fruits and vegetables You know, our carbohydrates, they're really important. They give us energy. I know some people tolerate grains better than others. So that's like each to your own, get your gut dealt with, get it really strong. And if it resonates for you, you know, have some quinoa or brown rice here or there. But what's so funny, because I'm actually speaking of me, I never went keto because I did this before the keto phase happened. But I thought if I want to heal my gut, I need to cut out all fruit. I still had like sweet potatoes and vegetables and things, but I was eating like salmon for breakfast or eggs or chicken. Good God, horrible. (laughs) I don't wish that upon anybody, by the way. It wasn't fun. My gut started to get better, but my hormones were getting worse and I was getting more and more exhausted. Mm. And so then the adrenal fatigue caused my thyroid to get messed up and I started gaining weight Mm -hmm. and then my estrogen got too high and I got back to my heaviest and I wasn't even binge eating because I messed my body up by... Really restricting my carbs. Mm -hmm. So once I discovered this, right, because I didn't understand those pieces, and so I'm like, ooh, this is the protocol, the diet protocol to balance my gut, but then it totally messed up my hormones. So that really opened me up to be like, okay, I'm no longer going to pick an eating style because it promises me this one outcome. I need to understand how it's going to impact all of this, Mm -hmm. right? And so I started eating oatmeal and like heavy, you know, healthy carbs and fruits and things like that for breakfast. And added more carbs into my day, boom, energy levels started going up. I quit exercising. That was another important part. Hormones started to balance. Resting, sleeping, self care, weight fell off without having to do anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why we need to stop with the diets and the eating styles because that's not what's going to address the root issues. We need to understand our current state of health physically, mentally, and emotionally, the relationship we have with food and our body, our current hormone picture, digestive picture, symptoms to understand what does my body need? And that can take a little bit more time investigation, or maybe that's something that, you know, it's time for you to get help with it with someone else mm-hmm. um, who you really feel comfortable with. But I, I know I'm a bit long-winded in my answer, but it's so important that we understand our health because otherwise we we make this decision was something we read and then it messes something else up it's like maca maca is an adaptogenic herb that's really great to help balance your cortisol levels however if your estrogen's high it it, it enhances or boosts estrogen so here i am taking maca every morning yeah. <laughs> to help my adrenal fatigue and my estrogen's going through the roof mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i just messed something else up or like Ooh, you need to lower your estrogen, so you should eat lots of raw blo- broccoli and cauliflower. However, if you have a thyroid issue, it will block your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Hence, why I don't think we should go on Google if we suspect we have hormone issues and just start googling like ways to heal adrenal fatigue or ways to heal estrogen. Because you, if you're not really deeply understanding how it could impact your other hormones, you're gonna, but by accidentally potentially <laughs> mess something else <laughs> up. And you know what I mean. So like, yeah. don't don't let Google be your Healthcare practitioner. I think it's good for reading and educating, but like get real support if you're really struggling with things and nothing has really changed for you.
0: Yeah. So it really, like, truly all starts in like understanding yourself and Mm -hmm. your mindset and where you're coming from. And then with that, you will, your body will start to trust you more and you'll start to trust your body more. So then when you eat, you know, like for me last night, I ate some rice. I haven't been eating rice. And I immediately noticed that I just, instead of getting energy, I was exhausted. Mm, So I was like, "Mm, okay, maybe this isn't something I should be eating very regularly.
1: Good awareness Um, though, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's because I was like paying attention to that. And I think that that, that can be really hard. And I think too, even with like emotional eating in general, um, I think a lot of people always are talking about like the bad emotions that will make you eat. It can also be good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like my, my emotional eating for a long time and still sometimes um, centers around like, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Like giving myself, like I did well at something. This is a reward. Yes. A reward. And then I was like, why am I rewarding myself with food that then ends up making me feel bad? It's like, I reward myself with, you know, this, like a whole bag of chips and salsa Mm -hmm. because it makes me happy in that moment. But then I feel awful for the next two days. So
1: yeah, yeah, there's just so much to it. There really is. And that's why it's so important to start to understand that emotional eating is any reason for eating other than physical nourishment. Because a lot of people say, well, I don't eat like 10 pints of ice cream at once. And I'm like, you don't have to, to be an emotional eater. You could sit down and be watching TV and and be eating your food and then eat more because you're not paying attention. Like that's emotional eating. It's mindless, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why it's important for us to slow down, to get off of all our phones and and shut off technology for a while and tune in and check in with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're so distracted. We're so busy. There's so much going on. It's so easy to go and focus on everything else, but then we lose touch with ourselves. We, We don't focus on what we need on all these physical mental emotional and spiritual levels if you believe in that we do not honor ourselves and then we wonder why we don't we end up not well mm-hmm. and then we're frustrated with our bodies thinking our bodies are trying to punish us when that is so not the case like if i could speak to all of you know the listeners your body loves you she mm-hmm. always has she always will she unconditionally loves you no matter how you treat her what you say to her or what you do to her The key here is, are you willing to courageously, you know, learn how to get out of your head and back in your heart and reconnect with this unconditional love that is within you that you have shoved down, suppressed, ignored, or again, you know, created a complete disbelief that is in you. It's all within us. We have just shut it off Mm -hmm. and we need to learn how to come back to it. And, t- and turn it back on. But that means no quick fixes, no rushing to get there, challenging mm-hmm. yourself, getting uncomfortable, right? Getting emotional. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to step outside of that comfort zone and just baby step our way down that other path. Mm-hmm.
0: So with like self-love and really taking care of yourself what i like to ask this question anyway but mm-hmm. what are some of the things that that you do for yourself that make you um maybe different rituals or just different mm-hmm. things that make you feel really in tune with yourself maybe what you started out with maybe what you do now what are some yeah ideas for people?
1: yeah so definitely um what i really started with was lots of meditation which for me was just putting on relaxing music and like laying on my bed and just closing my eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't ever shut your brain off. People say, well, I suck at meditation cause I can't shut my brain off. Well, you're not going to cause yeah. you're alive. Yeah. So don't worry about that. It's, there's no right or wrong with these self-care items. Just try to get into them and see which ones you like. Deep breathing um, as well. I also, you know, love reading and getting into different books. And that's where I discovered Louise Hay and all these people I've been mentioning. And that you know, once you find things that really you feel connected with on your healing journey, you're going to want to keep reading and learning and bringing these things into your day. Um, I really now love to, we have an infrared sauna. I love sitting in there and meditating. I find it very powerful to be gently detoxifying and you know connecting to myself. I really love EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique. You can go to the tappingsolution.com. It's a very powerful technique they can tell you more about it, but I love tapping. I do it almost every day. It calms the nervous system and it it can actually shift physical symptoms as well as emotions. Um, Also uh, for me, what's really important is making sure I have the balance. So I have certain work hours and I don't work over them. Right. I don't work weekends. Like I have very strong boundaries. And I think that's also a very important act of self-care because how can we possibly be of service to others or support others if we're depleted and we're not giving to ourselves first? That's also really important. Nourishment is an important part of self-care. Having good food to eat that is really important. It's not about perfection. Mm-hmm. However, you have to remember that our bodies thrive off of you know food that comes from nature, food that is not processed in a lab. Um, and so I think finding that balance is really important. Um, another big practice practice that I've really ensured that I'm focusing on is gratitude. Mm -hmm. So there's journaling about, you know, gratitudes, just being in whatever room I'm in, in the house and being grateful for what we have, you know, our health, you know, um, healthy relationships with others love, um, you know, having this computer to connect and record this podcast, you know, gratitude for you and what you're sharing. Gratitude is so powerful Mm -hmm. and it brings you back to being present. And when you're present, your self-sabotaging mindset cannot rule you. You're in your power. And I think we're in a space in the world where we really need to ground ourselves so that we can love ourselves and send love out to the world because we really need that. We need more love, more gratitude, more peace. And so my other part of that practice is when I go out in public, Mm -hmm. I really make sure that I make eye contact with people. I smile at them. I don't care if they smile back or they look away. I want to share love how I can, and that's a way I can do so with the public. Um, I compliment people when I'm going through the till somewhere or ask how their day is going, Mm -hmm. because it's me first though, that has had to deal with my own stuff and get to this place where I can show up and then Share that with others because Mm -hmm. if you're pissed off and upset, you're going to go out and be pissy and upset to that other person that has a negative impact on them and they did nothing wrong to you and it's your stuff. Mm -hmm. We've got to learn how to take responsibility and stop projecting on others and stop making our issues other people's problems because it's not and it's very irresponsible of humanity. So that's where I'm committed to giving that to the people that I interact with out in, in public because we need to shift the dynamic that we're seeing in the world. And the way that we do that is first by working on ourselves, taking time to do different self care practices that resonate with us so that we can feel the love and then go out and be, be like, I want to give this gift to the world. So that's really, you know, been an important practice that I've brought in lately more now than ever. Mm -hmm. And it's very helpful. Um, I definitely like believe in the universe and manifestation. So my boyfriend and I do talk a lot about like mindset and we ask the universe for what we want, you know, in all areas of our lives. Um, And for me, because I am sensitive to energy, like I I call myself an empath. I feel people, we all are actually, but it's just, again, waking up to it. So for me, a thing I do regularly is like, if I'm feeling negative energies or emotions around, that's something I do. And I know, you know, not everyone may believe in that, but it makes a significant difference Mm -hmm. when I sit down and I clear out negative emotions. Um, It just makes me feel lighter, happier. Um, An example would be say you're having a really good day and you're feeling really good. And all of a sudden you are sad or you get really angry or your energy just drains out of your body. That can be a sign that you're maybe feeling some collective stuff going on in the world that isn't yours. Mm -hmm. And so just sitting down and asking, you know, take away anything Emotions that aren't mine, like it's very powerful. And so, depending on where people are on their journeys, if you're noticing that's happening to you, no, it's probably not your stuff, and that you can do different things to shift that. Um, so, those are some different things across the spectrum getting out in nature, having fun, going on road trips, which hopefully we'll be able to do a bit more. Um, yeah. You know, it's something my boyfriend and I love is you just go spend a few days in the mountains and, you know, unplug. So, I think the key is that you try different kinds of self care and Try them more than once, and then you come to really learn what you love and what you really connect with, and what you want to do regularly. And also, different kinds of self care will help with different, you know, emotions and and different scenarios that are going on for you. But it's a really important thing that I think everybody should be bringing into their lives because we do need it to relax and get out of that fight or flight Mm -hmm. response.
0: I think remembering, I love what you said about schedules and also i'm definitely i used to pride myself on being type a i had you know two or three jobs at one time and this was great and then my body was like girl no (laughs) you can't do this anymore um but and with me i took that into the next job that i was looking for and i was very upfront that i was looking for a position that was um could be remote or could be um just more flexible with me in general. And that was something I didn't even realize was self-care until I realized that like the company wanted me. So they were totally open to that. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've been working these jobs that have been working me to the bone because I wasn't standing up for myself. Same with like doctors or just advocating for yourself or your health or anything is being able to use your voice. I think finding, finding my voice, um, was huge in like mm-hmm. the self-love department because I finally decided that like my voice was important in all kinds of things. But yeah. I think like sometimes people are like, oh well I meditate and I journal and I take a walk every morning, but it's not working. And it's like, okay, well how can you, you know, do other things or advocate for yourself in other ways so that you're proving to yourself that yeah. you actually do love yourself.
1: Yeah. And it's so great that you brought up the part about the voice because I find we need to do the self-care to help us get to a more grounded, relaxed state to take our power back so that we can work up the courage to say no or to set those boundaries right off the bat or to ask for help. Because if you've been a people pleaser, overachiever or a perfectionist, and now you're trying to change that, people are used to you being a certain way. And now that you're shifting, you know, you may have to have difficult conversations with others. And so that's where, you know, using that self-care time to, like I said, get grounded and relaxed and get back into your power so that you feel more bravery come about you to to have those conversations is so important because mm-hmm. we do need to set healthy boundaries to support our health and well-being and um you know take care of our own energy and and all of those things because like you said it just it's not sustainable to be giving to everyone else and then not giving to yourself
0: yeah yeah so can you kind of tell us a little bit about how you work with women and if someone was interested in working with you, what that kind of looks like?
1: Yeah. So um, I work with women one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I am building an online program, which I'm hoping to have ready by either like mid-summer or fall, early fall. Um, but primarily if someone's really interested to have a conversation, they can connect with me um, and book a complimentary consultation, it's 30 minutes. And what we do is talk through their health history and, you know, see what they're struggling with, what, you know, is holding them back from getting where they want to go and and what they've tried and maybe what's not working. And it's just a very, you know, simple conversation. It's a safe space. It's obviously a judgment-free zone. I want people to feel comfortable opening up. Um, But that's the first step. And then from there, I share with them, you know, the coaching options that I have available. And, you know, depending on what their needs are, for most it's emotional eating, there's hormone stuff, digestive stuff, weight, body image struggles. But I really want to um, cater the program to their needs. So everything's created as I work with each individual person. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really how I work with my private clients um, and provide them, you know, different coaching and tools to deal with the mindset, the ego, which I've been talking about, making themselves a priority over time and, and instilling a good self-care routine, dealing with the emotional eating triggers, starting to get curious about your body and why is she hanging on to protection? What is this really about? Why does she not feel safe? Mm-hmm. And starting to undo those old diet mentalities, weight mentalities, you know, food fears, all that kind of stuff I work on with my clients. And, you know, we address the hor- any hormone issues or digestive issues, any current health struggles. Um, and it's beautiful because as women get on this journey the symptoms improve and then they go away and whatever they have all of a sudden becomes completely manageable or it just is gone. Mm-hmm. And this is what is the most powerful thing is the body is always trying to heal. Always. It's just that we are by accidentally getting in the way. Mm-hmm. So if we can lovingly get, you know, out of the way and let the healing happen, I really believe anything is possible. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. And what, how can people, you have Instagram, everything like that, that Mm -hmm. they can follow you. You have your own podcast. What is your podcast about?
1: So what we've talked about today, like tenfold. Um, So the No Sugar Coating Podcast, I really talk a lot more about our mindsets, our self-sabotaging behaviors, emotional eating, body image, diet culture, hormones, blood sugar cravings, digestion, this conditioning that I talked to you a bit about today. I just recorded an episode on that a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really try to explore like all aspects of these things because it just helps people wake up and realize that I do have power to change this, which I think is so important. Um, And then I'm on Instagram. It's my name, Amber Romaniuk, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. My website is amberproof.ca. I also have an emotional eating quiz there. So if anyone like is Mm. curious, they can take that quiz. It's super simple. Um, But that's another, you know, really great place to start. Um, And then with the Instagram and the um, podcast, and I have a private Facebook group, women choosing body freedom. So you can just, you know, put that in on Facebook and it's a safe space for women to come and share, you know, what they're dealing with and where they're at. And I do, you know, come in and do lives and share different content. So different places to start depending on what your comfort zone is. Um, And then, you know, if you're ever ready to have that conversation, it's available as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, I'll make sure to link all of those in the show notes so people can see that. But is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners today?
1: Just that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Try to not feel shame and embarrassment for what you're going through. Your body really does have your back. Mm -hmm. And dig and find the answers and support that you need to get you where you want to go. Don't let anyone say it's in your head or that's not possible or let you feel disempowered or judged. Mm -hmm. Keep going to get your answers, whether you have to go and see a different practitioner or you need to start getting support from somebody or whatever that is, like that gut feeling that's going, this doesn't quite feel right. I don't quite feel like this is what's going on. Listen to that and keep digging. That's Mm -hmm. so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And being open to support. Because yes. I think a lot of women sometimes are afraid to ask for support and mm-hmm. I, trust me, like it's so much, not easier, but it's so much, um, it feels so much better to work with someone that you know yeah. has your back and is really there to support you.
1: Oh, for sure. And we're all here to work together. Like if we're only, if we're really meant to do it all on our own, there would only be one of us on this planet, right? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. a lot of people, it's, they don't have the regret of getting the support. They regret not getting it sooner. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 100%. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I feel like everybody is just going to love this so much. And it was so wonderful getting to talk to you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super grateful. So thank you for, you know, what you share and what you do, because this is all about women working together to support each other and, and help other women. And I, again, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity today. Yeah. Thank you.